Welcome to Zikhud Avsi Manimam Rabbi Aram Goldar and the name of Zikhud Yavamas, Tav Kufchaf Av, the 16th parak Isha Basra. So the three topics are going to focus on number one. The next mission states, Nafula Maim, if a man fell into water, it was not seen to come up. Ben Sheishlehen Sova, Ben Sheinlehen Sova, Ishto Asura. Whether the water has an end or whether the water has no end, his wife is forbidden to marry, for he still may be alive. Abai defines water that has an end as kosha omed v'ro ma'arba v'chosah, any body of water small enough that one stands in one place and can see its four sides. Rashi gives the example of one who sees someone fall into a pool of water in a cave where he can see all its banks. He needs to stay there for as long as one can typically survive underwater and then he can leave. According to the Tanakama, even if there's a remote possibility that the person survived beyond what's normal, the wife is still forbidden to remarry. Rabbi the Mishnah said, there was an incident involving a blind person who went down to immerse himself in a pool in a cave and his guide went in after him. And they remained there long enough for their souls to depart. And the Rabbanon permitted the wives to remarry even though their bodies were never found. Point number two was taught in the Bryce Gamuyo said, One time I was traveling in a ship and I saw a ship that had been shattered and was sinking. And I was pained by the thought of a Tomachachim who was on that ship. Who was it? It was Rabbi Kiva. But when I came to shore, Baba Yashav Adam Fanai Bhalacha, Rekiva came and sat and engaged before me in a matter of Halacha. When I asked him, My son, who raised you up out of the water? He said to me, Daf Shal Sfinad Niz There was a Daf, a board from the ship that came before me and I grabbed onto it. And before every wave that came upon me, I bowed my head and it passed over me. The Bryson continues, If Rishayim come upon a person, let him bow his head before them, and the danger will pass. Rashi explains that he should restrain himself and not antagonize them. It is worthwhile to know that it is this Gamor by Rabbi Kiva being saved by the Duff, the board, that Rameer Shapiro used at the first Knesset Yagadoah to introduce the Duff Yemi program and explain its rationale. The daily Duff will save every Jew from the waves of spiritual threats that he confronts. And point number three is Tanda Bryson. There was an incident with the daughter of Nechunya Chovrashi the ditch digger, who Rush explains would dig cisterns along the roads from rainwater for the Oyer Goim, that his daughter fell into a large cistern, and they came before Rabbi Kanina Mendoza so that he would daven and she would be saved. The first hour he said to them, Shalom. The second hour he said to them, Shalom. The third hour he said to them that she has emerged from the water, and it was so. They asked her, who brought you up from the pit? And she answered, Zakhar Shal Rechelim Manigo. A male sheep came before me, and an elderly man was leading it. Rush explains the ram was the ram from the Akeda, and the Zakin was Avram Avinu. They said to Rabbi Chanina Mendoza that he was a Navi, to which he responded that he was not. Rather, he reasoned, Is it possible that something at Tzadik occupies himself with the Tzibor, his child should stumble upon it? The Gemara addresses how then did Nechunya's son die of thirst. So once again, the three points are number one. The next Mishnah states, If a man fell into water and was not seen to come up, whether the water has an end or whether the water has no end, his wife is forbidden to marry, for he may still be alive. Abai defines water that has an end as any body of water small enough that one stands in one place and can see its four sides. Rashi gives the example of one who sees someone fall into a pool of water in a cave where he can see all its banks. He needs to stay there for as long as one can typically survive underwater and then he can leave. According to the Tanakama, even if there's a remote possibility that the person survived beyond what's normal, the wife is still forbidden to remarry. Rabbi the Mishnah said, there was an incident involving a blind person who went down to immerse himself in a pool in a cave and his guide went in after him. And they remained there long enough for their souls to depart. And the Rabban permitted the wives to remarry even though their bodies were never found. 
Pointing to his thunder brace, Rabbi Gamliel said, One time I was traveling in a ship, and I saw a ship that had been shattered and was sinking. And I was pained by the thought of a Tomachachom who was on that ship. Who was it? It was Rabbi Kiva. But when I came to shore, Baba Yashiv Adamu Fanai Halacha, Rikiva came and sat and engaged before me in a matter of Halacha. When I asked him, my son, who raised you up out of the water? He said to me, Dav Shel Sfinad Niz There was a Daf, a board from the ship that came before me and I grabbed onto it. But Kol Gal Vagal Roshi. And before every wave that came upon me, I bowed my head and it passed over me. The Brisa continues, If Rishayim come upon a person, let him bow his head before them, and the danger will pass. Rashi explains that he should restrain himself and not antagonize them. It is worthwhile to note that it is this Gamora Beverly Kiva being saved by the Duff, the board, that Ramir Shapiro used at the first Knesset Agadola to introduce the Duff Yumi program and explain its rationale. The daily Duff will save every Jew from the waves of spiritual threats that he confronts. And pointing with you, he was talking to Brisa, there was an incident with the daughter of Nechunya Chofreshi, Nechunya, the ditch digger, who Rashi explains would dig cisterns along the roads from rainwater for the Oyeragoim, that his daughter fell into a large cistern, and they came before Rabbi Kanina Mendoza so that he would daven and she would be saved. The first hour he said to them, Shalom. The second hour he said to them, Shalom. The third hour he said to them, She has emerged from the water, and it was so. They asked her, Who brought you up from the pit? And she answered, Zakhar Shal Rechelim Niz Damanli, Vizakin Manigo. A male sheep came before me, and an elderly man was leading him. Rashi explains the ram was the ram from the Akeda, and the Zakin was Avram Avinu. They said to Rabbi Chanina Mendoza that he was a Navi, to which he responded that he was not. Rather, he reasoned, Is it possible that something that Tzadik occupies himself with the Tzibor, his child should stumble upon it? The Gemara addresses how then did Nechunya's son die of thirst. So once again, the three points are number one. The next Mishnah states, If a man fell into water and was not seen to come up, whether the water has an end or whether the water has no end, his wife is forbidden to marry, for he may still be alive. All right, so now we go to Simradav Kufchafalov, and this one was suggested to us by a number of people, by Lior Raps from Yushalayim, by Shimon Ziegler from South Fallsburg, New York, by Jeremy Shywitz from Woodmere, New York, and by Danny Wolf from Denver. They all suggested Kufchafalov is cocoa, and we use a cocoa bean farmer in the Simmons. So here goes. When Pedro the cocoa bean farmer fell into the pool of cave water, he grabbed onto a duff and bowed his head whenever a wave came, while watching off in the distance the young girl being pulled out of the water by an elderly man with a ram. So once again, slow motion. When Pedro the cocoa bean farmer, cocoa bean farmer, that must mean we're on duff, kufchaf olive. When Pedro the cocoa bean farmer fell into the pool of cave water, which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, Nafulamayim, if a man fell into water and was not seen to come up, Ben Asura, whether the water has an end or the water has no end, his wife is forbidden to marry, for he still may be alive. Abai defines water that has an end as Kosha Omid any body of water small enough that one stands in one place and can see its four sides. Rashid gives the example of one who sees someone fall into a pool of water in a cave where he can see all its banks. So when Pedro, the cocoa bean farmer, fell into the pool of cave water, he grabbed onto a duff and bowed his head whenever a wave came. Which reminds me of Gamil related what Rabbi Kiva said to him in explaining how he was saved from a sinking ship. Rabbi Gamil said, he said to me, Duff shall see in these dominantly. There was a duff, a board from the ship that came before me and I grabbed onto it. And before every wave that came upon me, I bowed my head and it passed over me. The Brisa continues that if Rashaim come upon a person, let him bow his head before them and the danger will pass. Rashi explains that he should restrain himself and not antagonize them. So, when Pedro the cocoa bean farmer fell into the pool of cave water, he grabbed onto a duff and bowed his head whenever a wave came, while watching off in the distance the young girl being pulled out of the water by an elderly man 
with a ram. Which reminds us, the Gemara relates the story of Rebbechina Mendoza davening from the daughter of Nechunya Chofer Shichin, Nechunya the ditch digger, who fell into a cistern, and after davening for her, she emerged. They said to Rebbechina Mendoza that he was a Navi, to which he responded that he was not. Rather, he reasoned, Davisha, Tzadik Mesasik Bo, Yechashu Bozaro, is it possible that something that Tzadik occupies himself with the Tzibor, his child should stumble upon it? The Gemara addresses how then did Nechunya's son die of thirst. So once again, when Pedro, the cocoa bean farmer, fell into the pool of cave water, he grabbed onto a duff and bowed his head whenever a wave came, while watching off in the distance the young girl being pulled out of the water by an elderly man with a ram. All right, now it's time for Forbola Bat Chazara. Daf Kuf Yud Zayin. So the simon Daf Kuf Yud Zayin is a gabai with a set of keys. So here goes. The gabai's wife. Gabai's wife. That must be on Daf Kuf Yud Zayin. Gabai with a set of keys. The Gabai's wife, who was not permitted to remarry when she came to Basin and said, My husband, who loved his keys more than me, died. Give me my ksuba. Which reminds us, the Mishnah states regarding to what extent a woman is believed when she testifies that her husband has died. She may marry and collect her ksuba. Rav Nachman said, but if she said, My husband died. Give me my ksuba. We do not give her the ksuba and we do not even permit her to marry. The reason is a date to Kasuba She came to Basin for the purpose of collecting her Ksuba. Rashi explains that she had come for a monetary issue, which requires two witnesses. So the Gabai's wife, who was not permitted to remarry when she came to Basin and said, My husband, who loved his keys more than me, died. Give me my Ksuba. Nor was permitted to marry when her father-in-law's daughter testified that he had passed away, which reminds us. The next mission of the Daf states regarding testifying that a woman's husband had died, Everyone is believed to testify for her, except her mother-in-law, her mother-in-law's daughter, her tsar, her yavin's wife, and her stepdaughter. Rashi explains that they're not believed since they hate her and intend to cause her harm by lying. The Gemara asks what the halach is with regard to Abbas Chamiya, her father-in-law's daughter from a different wife, and leaves a question unresolved. So the Gabai's wife, who was not permitted to remarry when she came to Basin and said, my husband who loved his keys more than me, died, give me my ksuba, nor was permitted to marry when her father-in-law's daughter testified that he had passed away, was finally permitted to marry when a single witness testified to his death, even though a second one came after and contradicted his testimony. Which reminds us, the Gemara explains that if one witness testified saying he died, and Basin permitted her to marry on that basis. And then a second witness comes before she remarries and testifies to the contrary. She does not leave her original state of Heter. This is because, as Ula said, Wherever the Torah believes a single witness, it's as though there are two witnesses there. Therefore, even if a second witness comes and testifies to the contrary, the words of one witness are not significant relative to the words of two witnesses. So the similar Dav Kuf is Kichol. So here goes. When the Tzavos came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and Kichol, Kichol, that must be one Dav Kuf when the Tzavos came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and kichol, and the second one said he did not die, which reminds us the mission on the bottom of Daf Kufi Yitzayin Amabay stated regarding two Tzavos who were overseas with her husband and then returned, if one of the wives said regarding her husband he died and then one said he did not die, the one who says he died may marry and collect her and the one who said he did not die may not marry nor collect her the Gemara answers that the case of the second Tsar saying he did not die was needed, for we might have thought that the second Tsar knows that the husband is dead. But she said he did not die, because she intends to ruin the first Tsara, hoping that she'll have to remain an Aguna, even though she's hurting herself as well. And she's saying, like Shimshon said, Thomas Nafshi in Plishtim, let my soul die with the Plishtim. Therefore, the Mishnah is teaching that in this case, the second Tsara can still not remarry. 
So when the Tsars came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and kechel, and the second one said he did not die, Basin recalled how this man was Makadish, one of five women with kechel, which reminds us the third mission on the Daf states, Kiddush Akhaz Makamish Nashim, Kiddush, if one was Makadish, one of five women does not know which one he was Makadish, and each one says, Osi Kiddush, he was Makadish me, he gives a get to each one and places a ksuba payment between them and withdraws a coin to Rabbi Tarf. The Mephoshim explained that he doesn't literally place the money between them, but rather he places the money before them in Basin and challenges each one to prove that she's the one who's entitled to Ksuba. Rikiva says, This way will not get him out of doing an Avera until he gives a get and the Ksuba payment to each and every one. A similar case is brought regarding a man who stole from one of five people and can't remember who, and they all claim that he stole from them. So when the Tsars came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and kechel, and the second one said he did not die, Basin recalled how this man was Makadish, one of five women with kechel. And even though he always complained that Kirchel wasn't crispy enough, his wives preferred to stay married to him instead of being single. Which reminds us that Gamora taught that if one grants a get to his wife through a third party, in a place where there's strife between the husband and the wife, it's not a schos for the wife. As Rishakish said, It's better to live as two bodies than to live alone. A woman prefers to stay in a typical marriage than to be single. Daf Kuf so the similar Daf Kuf is a kite. So here goes. The woman whose husband died overseas and decided to fly a kite. A kite? That must be one duff. Kufiotes. The woman whose husband died overseas and decided to fly a kite while she was waiting to hear if her tsar was pregnant, which reminds us, the Mishnah stated, A woman whose husband and tsar went overseas and people came and said to her, Your husband died. She can't marry a stranger nor be taken in Yibo until she determines whether her tsar is pregnant. The rest, why she may not marry a stranger. If the concern is that her tsar may not be pregnant, so that she's high to be taken in Yibum, I could say, Follow the majority of women, and the majority of women do conceive and give birth. Therefore, it's safe to assume that Sarah gave birth to a viable child overseas, and she's exempt from Yibum and permitted to a stranger. The Gemara says the mission is going according to Rabbi Mer, the Chayshim Yuta, who's concerned for the minority. But according to the Rabban, who go according to the majority, the widow would be permitted to a stranger. So, the woman whose husband died overseas and decided to fly a kite, while she was waiting to hear if her sorrow was pregnant, was embarrassed when it flew over nine kosher stores and one trade one and landed on a piece of meat, which reminds us. The Gemara suggests that the Mishnah could even be in accordance with the Rabbanan. For when did they go after the robe? It's only in a case of Ruba the Eitz Kaman, a robe that is before us, like the cases of nine stores or Sanhedrin. The case of nine stores is when meat is found in the street and it's not known whether it comes from one of nine stores that sells kosher meat or from the one store that sells trafe. But in both cases, the majorities are before us, and we can rule the meat is kosher, and the person is acquitted. But in a case where the majority is not before us, such as in our case, where the majority is based on the premise that most women in the world conceive and give birth, the Rabban do not fall on the majority. The Gemara rejects is proving that the Rabban go with Rove even when the majority is not before us. So, the woman whose husband died overseas and decided to fly a kite while she was waiting to hear if her tsar was pregnant was embarrassed when it flew over nine kosher stores and one trade one and landed on a piece of meat, right in between the wives of two brothers who claimed their husbands had passed away. Which reminds us, the next mission states that if the wives of two brothers return from overseas, and this one says, my husband died, and this one says, my husband died, this one is prohibited to marry a stranger on account of that one's husband, and that one is prohibited to marry a stranger on account of this one's husband. Rashi explains that each woman is prohibited, for perhaps each brother-in-law is alive, and they are Chayv and Yibam. They cannot rely on each other's testimony, since we learn in the mission that one of the women who is not believed to give testimony that another one's husband has died is her Yibimta, her brother-in-law's wife. Daf Kuvchaf, so the similar Daf Kuvchaf is a cook. So here goes. The cook, the cook, that must be learned Daf 
Kupka. The cook at the Wild Safari restaurant, who identified the corpse as one of the waiters based on his face, forehead, and nose, which reminds us it was taught in a Bryce of witnesses only see a corpse's forehead without the form of a face, or only the form of the face without the forehead, they may not testify until both are seen together with the nose. So the cook at the Wild Safari restaurant, who identified the corpse as one of the waiters based on his face, forehead, and nose, discovered he had the same birthday and same mole as the victim, which reminds us, Rubber rejected a biased interpretation of a machokas and said that everyone agrees that simanim are valvim in the rice, but here in the case of the mole, they disagree with a mole, which is commonly found in the same part of the body as one's bengilo, which Rashi explains as someone born at the same hour and therefore has the same muzzle. The Rabban hold that a mole is commonly found on a Bengila and therefore is not a valid simon to identify the corpse. And Rabbi Yazid ben Mahabai holds a mole is not commonly found. Digmore brings alternative versions of Rabba's explanation. So the cook at the Wild Safari restaurant, who identified the corpse as one of the waiters, based on his face, forehead, and nose, discovered he had the same birthday and same mole as the victim, who had been tragically attacked in his vital organs, by a wild beast. Which reminds us, the mission stated, They may not testify that a man is dead until they see that his soul is departed, even though they saw him suffering from being hacked, or hanging from a gallows, or devoured by a wild beast. Reviewed a said in the name of Shemur the wild beast, they taught this only when the animal is seen eating from an area in the body from which the soul does not depart, referring to non-vital organs or limbs. But from a place where the soul departs, meaning the vital organs, such as the brain, heart, or intestines, they may testify. All right, so that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ram Goldham Zichur. We a great day and great learning.